Everybody and welcome back to another week with this virtual life. I'm Ruby. I'm Mallory, and we have some special guests this week. Guests, yeah, I'm like I'm Mallory's dad, and I'm Rich, and I'm Ruby's dad. Hi, dads. Hello. <laughs> it's funny. My dad has lots of hair, and Michael's um, and Mallory's dad doesn't. So I just really like the contrast. It's yeah. I had more before. <laughs> <laughs> and I had less before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I see the GW hat. Yeah. This is, yeah. This is work hat. 
You got that for free. I did get it for free and it goes everywhere. It got drowned yesterday in the ocean and I'll take it to work tomorrow. So it's great. Yes, it's done. Anyway, my, um, today we're focusing on some music because our dads are music lovers and sharing stories, talking about concerts, listening to songs. And Rich, I'm just going to call you Rich for clarity purposes. Okay. Like you chose superstition. Why? Because you said that you have a specific dialogue on the current American political climb in relation to that song. Yeah, I don't know if oh. I, I don't know if I would characterize it as political climb, but I like that word. And I've heard enough of your shows to know the political uh, atmosphere, at George Washington. But in America today, I'm kind of convinced that we probably have a lot of people out there who are reverting back to a bunch of superstition and a bunch of ideas of. Uh, if I break a mirror, things bad are going to happen instead of really talking about what are facts and what is science and how do we uh, how do we put aside our own personal feelings to focus on what is real. And uh, I really like the song. I think it's the second greatest rock and roll song ever. And I thought it was after after, after Johnny B. Good. <laughs> that's a great song, too. That's in the top 10. But the greatest okay. rock and roll song of all time, bar none, Jimi Hendrix version of All Along the Watchtower. Oh, OK. Go along with that. That's so, the song we're going to play at my funeral. So I was going to say, I have only had the pleasure of seeing Stevie Wonder play once. I was kind of thinking back to the Stevie Wonder uh, concerts. And how that old was, were you when you saw him? How old was I? Yeah, how or, old? I was in my 30s. So he was a much younger man than he is now. I've never seen him in concert. I've seen him on <laughs> yeah. TV. And he's he's grown up and he's aging, but when you see that footage of when he was like a really young right, guy, right, 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 he was it, right. It was surprising that he was kind of an adult because yeah. he really broke as little Stevie Wonder. He was twelve, and it was yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, I saw him, uh, and and he's what you know close to my age. Uh, uh, in the late eighties or nineties. At Madison, so he wasn't the headliner, he was, but not that he's like second fiddle to anyone. It was the 30th anniversary of Bob Dylan's first album with Columbia. Wow. And so they had he Stevie Wonder play Blowing in the Wind. Everybody came out for All Along the Watchtower. Neil Young, George Harrison, Tom Petty, Eric Clapton, they're all playing on all along the watchtower that is a pretty that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah that'd be cool <laughs> that'd be definitely cool but so how did you get to go to this concert were you living in the city or how did you do this <laughs> this is is ironic one of my college friends his dad has been a huge dylan fan since like dylan in greenwich village acoustic guitar you know, no, a nobody from Minnesota who's trying. So he was like an early folk Dylan. And he's okay. he's actually dead now, but he'd be, so uh, you know, maybe. 90, close to 90 or something. But anyway, he got the four tickets. And so it was him, his son, and two of his son's college buddies, one of them me. That'd be awesome to see. That was was a and, I mean, they just kept coming out. Johnny Cash, John <laughs> Mellencamp. Uh, uh, Roseanne, Roseanne Cash was also there too, and uh, yeah, I can't even think of all of it now. Now I'm uh, season up on that, but and then of course Bob Dylan came out and played with them all. 
See, I'm surprised they got Mr. Dillon because I thought he was really a, a more, it's not bad word. He's kind of more elusive, he's elusive, uh, elusive I guess. Or aloof. Elusive. He is very, he is aloof because I've seen Bob Dylan a whole bunch of times and he doesn't, it's clear he doesn't really care. Like other artists, it's like, I'm here for you tonight. You know, we, we are going to rock you, you know, Dylan. He's doing his stuff, but it's not, you don't get the feeling it's for you. And, and so many of the songs, he, he rearranges them so much, you wouldn't even know. It was, oh, oh, I heard that line. Was, oh, is that what that's, you know, uh, but I keep trying. And I have a number of friends, so we've done that. That's awesome. Now, now, let me ask you this. Do you share this same love of classic rock? Because in our house, we play the what song is this quiz All when, the we, time. when we drive or when we're on the radio. Uh, I think someone hasn't <laughs> really introduced me. I, we definitely listen to some stuff when we're in his car. We have to. <laughs> um, but no, I was never really introduced. I really don't know a lot about it. Yeah, of uh, more Kate. <laughs> really? Our, Kate is now 13, and she really, she, I think it stands from like um, brands t-shirts and sweatshirts from like popular yeah. stores and she wants to like not be a poser so she wants to know the music so she forces herself to like listen to them so now she, she has like, a playlist with it had led zeppelin the immigrant song guns and roses welcome to the jungle and she, she also has a friend hannah is a lot of that so but it's been a big part of who we when mm -hmm. we do stuff we'll go out and we'll go okay who's singing the song and then they'll go to oh, acdc Go to the list. <laughs> we'll go to the list. It's like Zeppelin. ACDC, Lincoln Park. Oh, oh, I didn't know that was XYZ band. But Especially when we were living in Germany, like we drive around in our minivan, <laughs> our busted up minivan in Europe, <laughs> and we'd have all these CDs, and mom would be like, okay, it's ABBA day, and then she'd put the ABBA in. Yeah. We'd even go well, there. okay, so you asked more about classic rock. I wasn't thinking ABBA. ABBA is huge in our house <laughs> because of Mamma Mia. They've gone and seen it on Broadway. We have the DVD. They know all the songs, even two, whatever. I remember, I remember for ABBA, if we're going to go down this road where I deployed and I come back and I think I was probably, did I do Iraq? Was that Iraq 2? Yeah, that was Iraq 2. Like six months. And so I come back and all of a sudden they put an ABBA CD in and they start singing money, money, money. <laughs> or was it, how's it go? It was something about a man or money. Give me, or, give me. Give me a man after midnight or something <laughs> like that. And it was like, okay, all three of them know the songs and all three of them know the words. And that's Ruby, Charlotte, her, our youngest, and Stacy, our, our mo her mom, my our wife. wife. We're all singing ABBA songs. So yeah, <laughs> it kind of goes. It's part of the life. Yeah. Maybe when Ruby and I live, uh, in our apartment we'll make ruby play us songs and teach us she can educate us but you know what you guys do that now but in a different way you do it with all your little tiktoks and your little <laughs> playlist you're doing the same thing we just are old and we can only do one song at a time you guys are throwing out oh go look at this artist and <laughs> you're getting music. you're getting 50 songs and 50 tiktoks and you know so the technology has changed so much when i was thinking during superstition i used to have superstition and i play it all the time on a cassette and not <laughs> only that the cassette I got by setting my cassette player my right in front of the TV and it was Don Kirshner's rock concert. So it was on Friday nights at 1130 
and it was Stevie Wonder. I said the little microphone next to the TV, (laughs) and that was one of the like three songs he played. And that was my until I eventually got the record or something. Oh heck yeah, we did the same thing. Um, Wolfman Jack, remember that show? You would have the Wolfman Jack, or you would have American Top Forty with Casey Casey, and you kind of knew it was coming up, and you got your little tape recorder out and. You stole it from your dad and had the little microphone on it. You hit play and record, and it wouldn't capture it right at the start, so you're halfway into the first uh, part, and uh, you wouldn't capture it right at the end, so you would go halfway into the this thing where Casey Kasin's talking about, I want to dedicate this love story to Monica in Iceland, and you'd have to, that's just part of your tape. I think we do something similar nowadays, though, is we'll get, like, stuff off of YouTube, yeah. and then clear out, like, the background noise, and then put it on, like, a Google Drive. And then distribute it basically illegally because it was not yeah, you do the same created thing. for distribution. But, but you guys can clean it up drive, so yeah. it's a full complete. Like I think Michaela sent me a full Google Drive of Taylor Swift's entire set on the Tiny Desk concert, all cleaned up and pared down song by song <laughs> so that we didn't have to listen to the whole Tiny Desk concert. It's just the acoustic versions. Yeah, but it's still that powerful mm-hmm. thing of music and how it's getting at you and how you're listening to it and yeah. you, you're creating those memories. <laughs> yeah, and sharing it. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. That's cool. That's cool. So, hey, tell me something about Dave Matthews and why he's on your list. Oh, yeah. No problems. Okay. So, I got introduced to Dave Matthews, and um, I was at flight school waiting to start a flight school class. And I had to go take these captains who were a couple years older than me. I had to drive them up to northern Georgia to go to some battlefield. And so, the only thing that was being played on the radio at that time was Dave Matthews. You know, the one where it's got the carousel, it's under the table and dreaming, ants marching, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, we listen to forever and ever and ever. And so, uh, so 94, 95? 94, 95. Yeah. So, I finally get a chance to go see him in concert in Atlanta. And I met a girl, nothing serious. We I took her up there. We were going to go see the concert, but she didn't want to listen to any of the music, she wanted to talk. And she wanted to make comments <laughs> oh, about who's sure. in the crowd. <laughs> and she wanted to talk. And I didn't learn the first lesson because so she talked the entire concert, but he ended the show with All Along the Watchtower. And instead of the electric guitar solo, they did it with the violin. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, But he played it. uh, They played it with the violin the entire time. His electric violin did the the solo in All Along the Watchtower. Just flipping rock. I didn't learn my lesson. And then I ended up taking her to Bonnie Raitt. (laughs) And she talked all the way through Bonnie Raitt a couple months later. And then I said, we can't go out anymore. You're out. you talk through bonnie right yeah that is that is a cardinal sin in, in <laughs> my book even, that's why you don't pick up the concert that's yeah we don't well, talk, no. you can yeah. talk about the music you can talk about the song you can sing along with the song at the top of your lungs you're allowed to do that but you can't talk about did you see that person over there and then i guess the last story that i have about dave matthews is stacy and i went and saw dave matthews live in concert at sam boyd stadium in vegas and she's eight and a half months pregnant, eight months pregnant, <laughs> and the dudes are all flipping up and smoking weed in front of us. And I can remember tapping the person in front of me going, if you don't put that out, I'm going to kill you because my <laughs> wife is pregnant and I'm not going to let you damage my baby. And his girlfriend looked at him and said, hey, you got to, we got to go. And then they trundled off and went and smoked their weed somewhere else. But it was a great show. We weren't high, but it was a great show. So. <laughs> we weren't high. Uh, well, so we, we took just the people sitting around you story reminds me. We took Mallory and a friend. And Mia and a friend to see. They're the twins, right? Mia. Five, and yep, yep. Each of them with a friend. So four sixth graders <laughs> and Amy and I to see the warm up band was Five Seconds of Summer and the big act was One Direction. Whoa. Oh, how cool would that be? 
And this was a giant stadium and it was packed, cool. it was full. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't get, it was very, very hard to get tickets. So we had three pairs. So Amy and I, uh, I'll give you the U, right? We were sitting in the back of the U as far away as you could be. And there was one row behind us before you came to the back wall and the roof of the stadium. And Mallory and Amanda were over there, me and Ann were over, and we had binoculars. So we, we could see them in their conversations <laughs> over. I bring binoculars. My, that's what we would make fun of my dad, like choir concert, he's got his binoculars. Normal, like, <laughs> I see everybody's words. So at, right, Harry Styles goes, um, Hello, let's let them hear us in New York City, which is not too far away. And so they all went, ah! Everybody, it was so loud. And Amy and I were going like this and this lady tapped my shoulder from the back row. And we turned around, she had a little baggie of earplugs. And we were like, <laughs> oh, thank you. And it really, it really was the crowd, not, you know, it wasn't the band burning our eardrums it was the screaming of 60 80,000 girls yeah can you think how powerful that was we saw the movie we didn't ever yeah. we never had a chance to see the concert but we went and saw the, the one direction movie and just that video footage you were so fired up and you know the that show was a was very fun. good film I it was a great fun that <laughs> it's, it's like the beat the beatles whatever their first movie uh is it a hard day's what, night hard day's night and they're being chased all the time and it's loud and tough tough uh tough life yeah but i can imagine being in that show and hearing the boys sing that'd be awesome actually mallory did that imprint imprint in you um i mean i, mean, I remember i wasn't even a big one direction fan like i just went because me i got the tickets so they like brought me but it was still really <laughs> cool and then that was before five seconds of summer was like a thing and then they really became super popular after that so later we ended up going to a five seconds of summer concert when they had their own a few years later so it was really cool yeah so yeah so i've taken them to those concerts but they have not come to see dave matthews or but i did get to see bruce springsteen and bon jovi um perform at i've told ruby about this before like at right before um the 2016 election uh they were giving a little pre-party with the obamas and the clintons and like they brought those people and they we lined up in philly my dad didn't go but we waited in line for like six hours and we couldn't see them but we could hear them like echoing through the streets of philly because we were so far back oh how cool that's so cool i think that's a really good transition too to our next song Papa Dirk, are you ready to listen to Night by Bruce? Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I can't find it. One second. Bruce. I'm very slow. Oh, here we go. Okay. So this will take Mallory back to her nights in Philly. Night <laughs> by Bruce Springsteen. <laughs>
So Mallory texted me something really funny while that song was playing, and it is just simply, where is your dad's accent from? Because that is something that the rest of the family asks ourselves every time he speaks, because we don't know either. That's hurtful. <laughs> it's hurtful. That is really hurtful. <laughs> it's okay. It's like, so he's from to, Utah. Do you want me to go through it? Yeah, go through it. Explain this, because it's strange. Okay, I'll go through it. Um, I grew up in Utah, and then I go to school in New York. Um, I go to West Point, so I go there, and then I go to, then I do some army time in Georgia. I do some army time in North Carolina. I do some army time in Alabama. Um, okay. We come here. I do a little time in California. So you just kind of pick up these phrases and these the tones and some of the inflections. And on a good day, sometimes I'll say stuff like I grew up in Kalihi for just a second or two. And Kalihi is a neighborhood down the hill from us. Uh, and then they'll make fun of me. My family will make fun of me. Uh, but that's generally what it is. It's all kind of a hodgepodge. And when you're in the army, you work with so many different people. You just kind of, it just kind of gets thrown in that mix. So it's not like saying, hey, oh, he's definitely from Philly or he's definitely from Texas. You just don't catch that. You get a whole bunch of different stuff. It's yeah. like music. Yeah. I, yeah, I think you, that is a good tie-in. But you do pick it up as you go along stuff sticks with you so i can definitely hear some of the southern mm -hmm. in there from your alabama georgia whatever but it's like our friend sherry she grew up in boise idaho um and has lived most of her life in in montana mm -hmm. but she went to graduate school in england and <laughs> stayed over and lived in europe for yeah. Uh, I guess probably eight or nine years overall. So when she moves back to Montana, they're casting for the movie, The Horse Whisperer around Billings because yeah. they needed local people. So she went in and she sat down and, and um, they said, give us your name. Tell us where you're from. And she goes, my name is Sherry Dodd. I'm from Billings, Montana. And they're like, nope, <laughs> you're out. <laughs> out, not you. But I mean, now it has over the years it has seeped back in but uh yeah it'll stick with you for a little while so what do we do let me go to the springsteen thing why springsteen i picked that one not because of the song uh but that was the first one the 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 first track on um, born to run which was a big 
hit a game changer for Bruce. I don't know if you remember that. That was before your time. No, well, I don't think we're that much different in age. And number two, if you're going to do the pantheon of greatest rock songs and rock albums of all yeah. time, there's yeah. a few that are up there, and that's in the top ten. Everybody knows. Oh. And yeah, so so great. everybody had it in their collection. Right. And so before and anyone had it in their collection, uh, I was a high school student here in central New Jersey, and Bruce was kind of a local thing that people were fans. And so we got one, probably my mom, to drive us three guys over to Princeton University where, where Bruce was playing. And, uh, and someone else's mom or dad was there after the show to pick us up. But it was in the year before Born to Run, so nobody really uh, knew who this guy from New Jersey was. But when that album came out in the, the next summer, this was October, we saw him at Princeton. So we didn't have our driver's license yet. Mm -hmm. um, that next summer, it came out and it really exploded. And he was on the cover of Time Magazine and Newsweek Magazine on the same week. And it just got totally crazy media wise for that time. Now, I mean, there was no computer or no internet or anything. But so coming from here, big Bruce Springsteen fan, always see him when he comes through town. Uh, we have a picture. I guess this is not video, so we don't show the picture. Uh, I just got Mia in her recently. She's wearing this shirt from this Christmas show. She in thrusted. She thrusted it. In, in 2003. Um, but I had gotten the tickets. They only had a thousand tickets. And I got through and I was jumping up and saying, Amy, I got tickets for the Christmas show down Asbury Park. And she said, what's the date? And I said, December 6th. And she said, that's when we are taking our three-year-olds to Barney's Colorful World. At the, it's playing at our local hockey place down in Trenton. <laughs> like, oh. So I gave these two tickets, one to one of my buddies who had been there in high school with me, a longtime fan, and the other to a more recent guy whose wife worked with me, but we've gone to many con. They didn't know each other, but they drove. They came by our mailbox picked up the, the two tickets and drove down to Asbury Park. In fact, it was a blizzard. You may not remember this, but we had to dig out our car to get out from Barney to drive back here. And those guys went all the way down to the Jersey Shore, if you know your geography, um, together. And they're friends today. They go golfing. And prior to that, you know, they had, uh, it worked out well. Yeah, I think... Um... For one, that's amazing that you'd go to Barney. And I think that's great <laughs> that you went to Barney because you created a lifetime of memory right there. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah clearly I remember that so well. And she now knows to clean up, clean up, everybody clean up. That's right. We got to get that done. So that was in there. And then if you look back, um, if you talk to somebody and say, okay, do you know any Bruce Springsteen song? The first couple songs they're going to come up with are off that album, Born to Run. And then the Rangers had a homecoming late in heart, down in Harlem yeah. one night. And they, that's the songs they know. And um uh, what's the one that he sings where he goes, I, I left town and I never went back or whatever it is. That's off that album. Uh, Thunder Road. Road. Yeah, Thunder Road. So, I mean, it's it's kind of cool. I still think the best song for Bruce Springsteen ever, and I do my list the best, is uh, the one where he's talking about Rosalita and, hey, I just got a job at the record company and they give me a big advance. I love that song. 
Oh, so that was so that was the album. He only had two albums when we saw him in Princeton, and that was one that was his album at the time. And of course, he played Rosalita. That's like the showstopper. He he puts on an amazing, amazing concert. Yeah, Stacy has been to one. She said he played solo for two hours. It was him, the guitar, black jeans, and a white t-shirt. <laughs> and she said he played for two hours in Salt Lake City one time, and he just sings. Really? And I think that'd be cool to see. I'd love to see him in concert. The challenge with living out here is not a lot of folks come. Mm-mm, we got Sting once. I think um, the very popular Christmas acapella group, Straight No Chaser, Straight came. No Chaser came. They come oh, almost okay. every year. And yeah. we saw Bruno Mars. But the Bruno Mars show that we saw at better at Aloha, Aloha Stadium, Stadium probably might have been the greatest concert I've ever seen. Yeah, it was. It pretty, was, it was so rocket because Bruno's from Hawaii. He's from Honolulu. It was his home. I did not know that. Oh. It was the third show of a three show set, and Aloha Stadium is shaking in the wind. The feet are. <laughs> Everybody's just, jumping in the sides. They're shaking, and we're on the very top. We're on like the last yeah, row. Gosh, it was so cool. But because we got tickets like two days beforehand, he rocked it. He was so good, <laughs> but you would never think that Bruno Mars would bring it out, but he brought it. Oh yeah. No, he's an entertainer. Yeah. No. And I think he's done. He, he's been in a Super Bowl halftime too. I mean, he's yeah, no, he's, he's up there. But when he, he opened can up do with it. Chunky, I can still remember he opened up with Chunky. And then, <laughs> Everybody's like, ah! and then of course you got to close out with flipping uh, Uptown Funk or whatever. Oh yeah, he closed with Uptown Funk. All the horns are playing. Oh, was, Everybody's was there in like the UH clothing and the jerseys and stuff. It's oh yeah, cool. it was good. While doing their dances in the line. It is. Cool bean. Yeah. But see, now you guys are in college, so you get to experience that. No. <laughs> Pre-pandemic. No music. It's going to come back. It'll come back. It's yeah. going to come back. And so you got it. When's Harry Styles coming? Next. It's supposed to be coming September 2021. Okay. Got to make sure you go. So, Mallory, we're going to Harry Styles with Emma. <laughs> you have yeah. to. It's worth the money. If just what he would sing, Golden or uh, oh, Watermelon Wine. Oh my gosh, Watermelon Wine. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Our favorite Watermelon Wine. <laughs> no, I have not heard the new album. Oh, so. so we have the flip, flip side of the nobody comes through because where, where we live, we're about an hour from Philadelphia and all the stadiums and venues yeah. and all that. We're about an hour from giant stadium in the new jersey kind of venues and then new york city we would take a train in and the train takes an hour hour and 15 minutes and it's like madison square garden is right above the train station you probably knew from your west point days that uh madison square garden sits on top of the train station so we usually have a lot of shots at a given if there's a particular artist that we really, they're probably coming through this East Coast swing and that would in, probably include DC also yeah. come through down there. So when you're in Washington, DC, you know, you've got DC and Baltimore are both very close. Annapolis has a little scene of live music. So, I mean, D, Washington, DC is definitely a stop on the, on the, on the oh, and I would think it doesn't even have to be a big show, but live music always is mm-hmm. better. Remember, Mallory and I wanted to go see um, the band now known as Crystal Casino, formerly known as the Colonies, and they were playing at this little club, and we're like, oh my gosh, can we get in if we're 18? And they're like, no, but they're soft on fake, so if we have one of those, you can come see us. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I saw the Instagram DMs. From- <laughs> yeah, we were messaging them, and they, we, it was like the first. And did you go? No. Oh. no, we did have fakes for that Papa Dirk. And we should. 
Mm -mm. But anyway, we'll keep working on that and getting yeah, to There was a lot of um, free stuff that we could go to through GW. Like you could enter raffles to get tickets to see shows. So I did that for fans that like I didn't even know just because I was like, oh, this would be cool. Um, oh, I think it'd be great. So Amy, so Amy and I were in graduate school together in Charlottesville, Virginia. And the bands that home came through, home of Dave Matthews Band, uh, were were were. It was a good a good opportunity. They seemed to bring in a lot either to the university or there was a lot of live music around the town of bands that didn't make it yet, but later went on. We saw Counting Crows. Nobody knew them. Hootie and the Blowfish came up from South Carolina, and nobody knew them. Yeah, I saw them uh, in Atlanta. They were awesome. Yeah. The, the, I like, who are these people? Every song sounds like a huge radio hit that I've probably heard before, but yet no one, they were all, and we bought the uh, the independent CD they were selling at the time. Many of those songs came out on Cracked Rear View. That was Hootie. Uh, but yeah. Dave Matthews, I, I was, so I am still not a graduate and probably never will be a graduate of the University of Virginia, but I did put in four years. <laughs> My first two years, first two years was there during the 80s, and that's when Dave Matthews was a bartender at Miller's, which is one of the local bars that we occasionally would go through, but didn't know who he was or anything at the time, but I definitely went there, um, and then when I came back in the 90s, when I met Amy, it was just when he was cresting. We were there 94, 95. And he played every Tuesday, the first year, every Tuesday night at tracks. He played mostly as a solo, mostly him and guitar or him and Tim Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. It would be, he'd have maybe one person with him. And so it was, uh, I forget what they called it, a residency or some Tuesday night, whatever. Um, but that was right before and then once it hit, he was on like Dave Letterman and every TV in Charlottesville was turned to Dave Letterman that night to see Dave, the other Dave, Dave Matthews and a band live on national TV. That was a huge, huge thing in Charlottesville. Yeah, I'm a Facebook follower of the Dave Matthews Band fans. So you always see all these posts from all these people. Yeah, I went to this concert in 96 and here's my ticket. And everybody, you see stuff about him and you see stuff about a band and you got to go. He actually seems like a really decent guy. He seems like a nice guy. They seem like they got a little church in him. Because there's some songs that definitely have a spiritual side to them. Oh, he, oh uh, the, the, yeah, kinda, there's a gospel influence too. Where he's starting to he's trying to figure out who he is while he's getting high. He's trying to figure mm -hmm. out what his spirituality. Uh -huh. is. But he's going through it. And remember when he was in Win Dixie? Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. Is when he What's Win Dixie? Win Dixie. He the was in movie? the movie. Remember Win Dixie? Because of Win Dixie. That's because of Win Dixie. Was he in the pet store? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He was okay. great. I love that. He's a dude that had some down on his hard luck. And then uh, Cecily Thompson and the bottle tree and all that stuff. Yeah. He, was a, he was great. Was very so, you know, he's from South Africa. He came, he moved to Charlottesville as a teenager. South Africa? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I still have yeah. an album. They made a four set EP uh, recently. I think it was Red Rock. No, this was no. like one of his early stuff where they recorded it live. They had the Halloween song on it. Uh, they had all along the Watchtower live version. They had recently about it, you know, and there was one other song. It's an EP. 
Uh, the cover is a version of a, a chick and a dude, and you could tell they've been hanging out together. They're both wearing towels, but um, but it was a great album too. Yeah, yeah. Got to listen to. All it. right. Okay. There you go. Okay, so I got a question. How old are you? <laughs> I mean, just gonna throw it out there. How old are you? Sixty-two. Sixty. You look great. You look great. <laughs> Exactly 10 years apart, but you're 52. Okay. Right? You said we're about the same age. So I said, oh, that's what I how, thought. how far back are you? I'm 52. Okay. Yeah, people always tell him that he looks very young for his age. I think it's great. Keep or, or some people say you look old for your age, but most, well, more to the. But also, like, kids are 13. And yeah, that, all of your friends' kids are out of college. Yeah, that'll so. keep you young. That'll keep you young. Yeah, definitely. That's cool. Young Kate. Is that the that's a, the youngest sister, right? Yes. She's 13. Okay. <laughs> I think now is probably a good time for another song. Should we go into Alanis Morissette? Oh, yeah. So There's a good story. Oh, very good. There's a good good song. Canadian content. Yeah, good story <laughs> with this one, too. Tell us, you want to introduce it? While we're okay, so uh, Alanis just came out with her first album. She's doing a world tour. I'm in Korea at the same time she's going to play Seoul. And my wife, Stacy, who was my girlfriend at the time, mm -hmm. we decided we're going to take the train down. The hour we lived in, I lived an hour north of Seoul. So we took a, a train down into Seoul. We bought some scalper tickets and we end up sitting in the balcony of this theater. This theater probably had maybe 2,000, 2,500 kids. And then the balcony we were in probably had about 400. Um, I was the only male in the balcony <laughs> that I can recall seeing. And I was the only American male that I can remember seeing. I can remember I was the only American white male that I remember seeing up there. <laughs> so she comes out, she plays her set. And uh, the song we're going to play is one of her very emotionally raw, angry songs. She <laughs> is, she's about to say, hey, you, you did some wrong to me and I'm going to get you back. And all of a sudden, the entire balcony with all these Korean teenage girls who probably knew some English, but not a lot. They start singing word for word, note for note, what the song is. And I'm just kind of there. I'm just kind of there. And I was young enough and naive enough at that time to put more into it than I should have. But I thought, oh my gosh, they're all looking at me and I'm going to get whooped up on in here. <laughs> <laughs> whooped up on here in, in Korea uh, in this balcony. She did the entire Jagged Little Pill, song one through song 10 or 11 or whatever. And then she did a, an encore from an ABBA song. She did, a bunch, she did an ABBA track and then said, I'll be back. And that, that was a great concert too, but that was that was in Seoul, South Korea. That was a good time. Good time. Yeah. All right. So here's you ought to know from Alanis Morissette. Mm. I want you to know that I'm happy for you. I wish nothing but the best for you both. I know the version of me Is she perverted like me? Would she go down on you in America? Does she speak of a money? And would she have your baby? I'm sure she'd make a really excellent mother It's me. 
the song with duplicity in it i think it's just awesome uh-huh and i wonder if all the korean girls knew duplicity in all the words or uh, what i don't know if they, they knew meant. what it meant but i knew what they were singing and i saw the text that mallory sent to ruby they weren't singing at me they were they thinking they were singing to me like they were going to stab me like i was but uh, you that broke her heart yeah, yeah. On. I, and uh, you know who that dude is right uh-uh What's his name? The actor? Dave Coulier. He was from Full House and Alanis Morissette as a teenager had an affair with him and it left her somewhat jagged. I did not know that. That's so sad. Poor Alanis. I would love to see yeah. the show. I would love to see it on Broadway. Oh. oh, I forgot about that. It's a Broadway show. Yeah. Oh. He's very creative. I don't know much about that. And Mallory and Kate are, are the Broadway people. You know, the first album was awesome. So two and three, and I think at least two and three didn't do as well. But Jagged Little Pell, I mean, that's what, 25 years old now? 
It was, yeah. That's another top 10 album of all time. Yeah. And so I had two independent Alanis Morissette CDs that I picked up in Vancouver. So she's Canadian, yeah, yeah. right? And so she was a Canadian child star on TV, like some hit TV show, and put out a couple of album kind of things that I found in a used record store in Vancouver um, after Jagged Little Pill was a huge hit. And I was like, oh, look at this, Lannis Morissette. Or they, they actually could have been boot bootlegs also. I don't know. But um, wow. previous stuff. <laughs> uh, so you talked about going to another country and scalping tickets. So the uh, my last one, and whether we do the song afterwards or whatever, because we're running low on time, I don't know. Um, is the the clash and the first part um, was I was a graduate student, but I did graduate um, <laughs> from from uh, Columbia in New York City. I lived in up in New York City, up in Harlem, and I heard the what clash were coming. What degree did you get? <laughs> Master's degree in what? Operations research. Oh, really? Wow, that's yeah. cool. the pharmacy stuff. That's cool. Um, you pharmacy, so, right? Is that no, what I, I work with pharmacists, but I personally have no degree in that area. Okay. Uh, we don't really know what he does. <laughs> so anyway, I heard the tickets were going on sale at the club. It was called Bonds. And uh, I took the subway down there and I came up from the subway and in front of the place, there was a line of people. And at first, with the clash at this time, very punk, you know, a lot of leather, chainsy looking, mohawky stuff and a real. And I looked at the line, I came up and I went and it went around the corner. I went around the corner and I looked and went all the way down and was going around the next corner. I'm like, oh, there's no way. So I just kind of was still hanging out by the front because there was stuff going on. There was police barricades and all, all sorts of stuff. And then at some point, I guess maybe they opened some doors and there was just a huge surge yeah. and I was kind of standing near the front and got in the surge and was kind of pushed along. And so I was able to get tickets. And not only that, the New York City Fire Department came in and said, you've sold too many tickets and we're going to have to split this up into multiple shows. So there was like three or four shows of you could move around and breathe and, and go to the bar, maybe even order a drink because they had sold so much uh, and they spread out. But so that was really, really cool. And so afterwards, a friend, one of my friends and I, we drove up to Canada to scalp tickets to see. We saw, you know, they had like where they were going. So we went up to a little town a suburb of Montreal called Verdun, but it's totally French. I mean, I took Spanish for many years, so I can so you at least figure, figure stuff out in Spanish, but French was pretty tough. But we scalped tickets and saw it in this little junior league hockey arena. And I don't know if you know, you know, the clash, but they just blew it away. And it was really, trio, and it was really right? cool being in a foreign country. What's that? They were a trio, right? Yes. Okay. But in concert, they might have had some other okay. guy. Yeah. That's cool. So, um, 
anyway, and then so I had picked Spanish bombs. My parents taught in Spain for many years, and we would go over there. And the whole ETA, they're a <laughs> bunch of terrorists. I forget what it stands for. We've got some cool pictures of us standing in like the wanted posters and and, and stuff for the ETA. Um, but Spanish bombs is about the, the clash were. I won't say pro-terrorist, but they were way left of everything. And so I think that the Spanish bombs, it might even be from the perspective of the breakaway province and the, the Basque yeah, yeah. Uh, separatist movement. But anyway, that's how I came up with the Spanish bombs. That was the only one that I feel was a legitimate pick. The others I was just forced to come up with something. <laughs> So put Spanish bombs in before we close, because I don't know how long the song is. Okay, here we go. I'm typing. Okay, here's Spanish bombs remastered.
Okay, now we're good. My computer wasn't responding for a second, but I just want to say, as that song is playing, the dog's standing here, right? And dad's playing the dog like a drum. He's like, boom, 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 boom. His little tummy is like, boom, boom, boom. Ollie liked it. Ollie likes to rock out to some stuff. We saw a Metallica video he didn't really groove on. He did not like it. He likes Pink Floyd. Okay. Which one's Pink? Okay. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, Ollie likes Pink Floyd, but not Metallica. What kind of dog is Ollie? Ollie's a special dog. He's a Papillon toy poodle mix. He's affectionately known as a Pappy Poo. A Pappy Poo. Right. <laughs> wow. That's They're awesome. Are that is one even good looking dog. At some point. So when you hear the clash, you wonder what happened to those dudes? What are they doing now? Are they living on their cash, doing exactly what they told what they were preaching against in 1980, 85? <laughs> They're all driving big cars. They're all locking people out on gates. Capitalist and they said, or they could be dead. <laughs> there's some odds that that might be in their favor they probably lived a very uh, well life. at least one at least one down yeah uh, yeah living a hard life but but you know it just shows how in your life you hear these songs and they stick with you and they they have a message they have a message there's a message to hear and throughout our hour we've touched on many songs that have brought back many memories and been associated with many events and so coming full circle Bam, that's karma. Boom. That's karma. Is that karma? I don't know. <laughs> Artistic freedom. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what are you trying to do here? He's sitting on dad's tummy. Oh, <laughs> he's sitting up. Sorry. Anyway, but I think this has been a good hour with our dads. Mallory, closing thoughts? Yeah, I think, you know, it's for the holidays, our special holiday episode. We normally would not be able to record. Like we said, we wouldn't be able to record with anyone except for people at GW normally, but now we get to take advantage of this time and now have a special episode that'll be on Spotify, which now that my dad's on Spotify, he can listen to it. Oh, Our dad just got on Spotify too, and now he thinks it's better than Pandora. So. We're big. I, I've, I've totally gone spotify <laughs> Yeah, I gave up on Pandora. Yeah. Totally right. gave up on it. So Mallory, you want to close us out? Yeah, do, well, do we have a song that we want to Ooh, close with? Yeah. Should we close with the song? Let's close with Welcome to the Jungle since uh, Kate's song. Kate likes it. I know she wanted to play it when she was on, but we ran out ran out of time. Kate was on? Yeah. And Charlotte. Yeah, it was very cute. So thanks for a good episode of this virtual life. I'm Ruby. I'm, I'm Mallory. I'm Mike. <laughs> Oh, my God.